Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. I would always say lead with the result that you want to provide. That's your content. And then we can go down and, and, and go down a list. I have tons where you can do an audit in your business. And it's funny, I was going to, you know, maybe I'll share this uh, list uh, with your audience and I'll pull it up while we're listening here. But you can do an, an audit of, of your business and, and say, hey, what conversations are we having? Are we doing a podcast in audio? Well, can we do it in video and leverage that? Are we uh, blogging already? Can we turn those blogs into videos? Or are we doing videos? Can we turn those videos into blogs? Uh, Can we uh, create a tripwire, which is uh, kind of an informational document to get people in? Um, These are all, there's so many forms of content uh, that you can start providing with the end goal in mind of the client. Welcome back. I hope your week's been awesome so far. If you haven't listened yet to my recent conversations with Amy Mellon, co-founder of the True Heart Social Impact Search Engine and partner at True Heart Cause Agency, and with the author of Offscript, Mastering Business Improv, Peter Margaritas, then do go listen in. They're well worth it. But stay here, listen to today's conversation first, then go there. I'm really excited to have on the InnovaBuzz podcast as my guest today, Ruben Kanya. Ruben is the director of Invested Talent and founder of the Real Estate Experiment Network. Ruben is focused on building real relationships as the founder of the Real Estate Experiment Network and podcast, where he's featured notable thought leaders in the real estate industry who have amassed over a billion dollars worth of real estate assets in ownership and management collectively. He's used this platform to make key introductions to help individuals within his network get the help they need and help them form key partnerships. In our conversation today, Ruben talked to me about our duty to share if we have something of value. We talked about being clear about who we serve and the problem we solve. And we talked about connecting with the right people and asking good questions. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Ruben Kanya. Hi, I'm your host Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz and I'm really excited to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast today from New York in the USA, Ruben Kanya who's the founder and director of Invested Talent and also founder of the Real Estate Experiment Network. Welcome to the Innova Buzz podcast, Ruben. It's a great privilege to have you as my guest. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. It's such a pleasure, Jerry. Now, we've crossed paths in quite a few networks, I think, but certainly the last one was with Justin Van Orden and Michael Roderick's uh, event on Zoom. So Justin was our guest on episode 275 and Michael on 328. A big hello to both those guys. Absolutely. Those gentlemen are, are, are wonderful and the, the connections that they make are always so, so fruitful. So I'm so glad to have made that connection with you and this is why I'm here today. Yeah, great. And um, you also have your own podcast, which is very focused on real estate thought leaders, but your primary business is helping real estate thought leaders take their information whether it's a podcast or a video or what else they might have and repurposing all that content to basically supercharge their marketing without a lot of extra effort i might add 
Absolutely. And Jurgen, I, I already told you, you're, you're on the hook for this one. <laughs> Uh, because we're we're currently uh, recording this, and I know we're gonna use the podcast. And again, you've been established in the in the in the, in the space for a long time. But I give you a hard time uh, early while we're offline because uh, that's exactly what we do. Uh, we love to uh, take something that we're already doing and leverage it uh, to make it go a long way. Uh, and in short, you said that's right. We we like to stay in the real estate space. And when I say we, I'm on, uh, I'm I'm thankful and grateful of my team that does such a wonderful job uh, recording and editing our show in video and audio format, and is doing the same for our real estate thought leaders and real estate partners uh, who we have the pleasure of serving as well. Mm. Yeah, that's great, and um, I'm really looking forward to exploring more about all the. I know you've got lots of really innovative techniques for doing the repurposing and and ideas that I've already stolen some in, in our business. Um, but we've, we've had some conversations around exchanging ideas on repurposing. So I'm really looking forward to digging into that today on the podcast. Before we do that, though, what's the impact you're making in the world today, Ruben? Uh, the impact, so directly working with uh, investors, uh, we're impacting their community. So a lot of the real estate investors that we work with uh, are um, syndicators. And if you're not familiar with what a real estate syndicator is, a, a real estate syndicator is one who uh, takes um, money from uh, investors who are looking to make their money work harder than it is at the bank or their 401k. And it's uh, they become passive investors. And what a syndicator does, he goes and finds the deal. He or she finds the deal, raises capital and gets them a return. Uh, that return can be made uh, monthly, quarterly. It all depends of who the sponsor is. So at the end of the day, uh, those individuals are looking to establish a platform so that people, the more people know about them, the more, uh, you know, their strength in numbers and the more people win uh, with creating uh, passive income for their uh, for their loved ones. So in addition to be able to do that directly for these investors and helping them build their their funds and their their platforms, uh, we're able to, to really, uh, we, we understand that our impact is, uh, goes deep in layers. And so, uh, anybody who has a, a, a very, um, uh, important message to send, even if it's helping, if you're selling courses or you're, uh, sell, you're coaching, uh, we're really trying to be the company that helps you get that message across and and so that you can impact the most people so we'd like to we like to think that our impact is exponential mm. or exponential i should say yeah fantastic well um before we kind of dig a little bit more into that just so i'm clear so the the real estate investment syndicator is so if if i want my money working better and i think real estate investment is is a way to do that i don't need to go out well, one option, obviously, is go out and buy some property somewhere and do my research and, and do that myself. Or I can go to one of these syndicators, give them some money, and they will pull a lot of people together and buy larger properties. Is that correct understanding? Yes, that's accurate. And, and Jürgen, uh, to, for your listeners who are not familiar, um, I, I think it's important to understand there's, uh, there's a lot of uh, different funds out there. It's te te technically a fund. Uh, there's a here in the U.S. It's very common, and uh, really what it is is uh, when you put in your principal. Typically, it can start at fifty thousand uh, dollars. You typically invest that in a three to five year uh, plan, and it might be that they're buying an apartment, they're doing some value add, and at the same time, you can imagine that a big unit like a fifty unit or hundred unit or three hundred unit apartment. There's rents who are actually paying the the the, um, the mortgage. Uh, and after it's profiting and that profit gets distributed uh, uh, amongst the investors, you being a limited partner is what they call it. So mm. you being a limited partner, completely hands off, you run your podcast right now, you're running your business, you don't have to know anything about real estate. That $50,000, let's say, right, that's an example, is going to work for you. You're getting monthly payments or quarterly payments. And then at the end of the year, uh, the five-year term, you get your principal back and on top of what the uh, profit was because in real estate and that kind of real estate, the building is worth, uh, it, it's called, it's asset-based. It's an asset that increases in value 
uh, when value add is done to it. So you guys might have bought it for a million together collectively with the 50,000 that you pulled in. You might sell it for 3 million, but not only do you get the cash flow that you're getting every month from the 50,000, but you get that $50,000 back and plus the profits. And what's really um, makes this very appealing for investors and even novice investors is that A, they don't have to know anything about real estate and B, if you get yourself a very good tax accountant, those can be written off, especially if the sponsor syndicator does a practice that's called, not to get so granular, it's called cost segregation. You can actually not pay any taxes on those gains. But I am not your accountant and I'm not your tax <laughs> strategist, but you can definitely um, if you're into that, if you're looking to get into it, definitely get educated on it because a lot of the reason why people love invest to invest in real estate is because they can actually write off a lot of that gain that they're actually gaining legally, of course. Hmm. All right. Well, that's that's given us some good background on what a real estate syndicator is. Um, all right. Well, yeah. So obviously, these real estate syndicators are trying to get their message out there and and educate people about this opportunity and one of the ways they probably do it is podcasting so let's let's talk first of all how did you get into podcasting yourself because uh, tell us about your podcast first i don't think i've mentioned it yet and then how did you, you did I, I i appreciate it yeah my podcast is called the real estate experiment and um the reason why i get so excited even just saying the name uh <laughs> you're is, is is because Real estate is so complex. Uh, there's, uh, and I shouldn't say it's complex. It's just people can, you know, when I, when I say, Hey, what does real estate mean to you or your audience? They might think one thing and the other might think another because maybe they were watching HGTV and they saw a bunch of house flippers and another one might have maybe that had their uncle or their aunt who had rentals and they're like, Oh, they just, it was a horrible experience for them. But they're, the point is real estate is a large umbrella and we don't realize that real estate is all around all around us. And the reason why I'm so fascinated by it is because it doesn't matter if the crypto, it doesn't matter if the podcast, it's, it's, it's not going anywhere because we're all evidentially need to live somewhere. We are, we have a roof on our heads right now, you and I, and we're very grateful for it. And so evidently that's real estate. Uh, when you go and shop, whether you believe it or not that, you know, brick and mortar is dead. Um, there's a storage facility that's real estate. Uh, the store that you go into, that's real estate. The mall that you go into, that's real estate. So real estate is all around us, but understanding how it works is how I got really intrigued as a beginner real estate investor. So what did I say? I'm like, how can I learn? Well, why don't I interview individuals who have been in different real estate spaces? And that's how I educated myself. And that's how I actually became a short-term rental investor because when I interview all these individuals, these investors, I'm like, ooh, this model could really work with me, right? And I went from anywhere from syndicators to wholesalers to home flippers to home stagers to storage facilities. Like, you name it, it is out there and it is powerful. And what I always um, encourage folks is to listen to the Real Estate Experiment podcast so you can identify the type of real estate model that can suit you and your lifestyle. I truly believe that, you know, we're entrepreneurs and a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs. And not only is it a good uh, asset class to be in, it's also good to be educated on the topic, especially if you understand uh, the, the ways that real estate can also benefit you from a tax advantage perspective and at the same time investing. Now, again, the way I'm speaking, Jurgen, is, is I have my lens is always about investing and that's our, that's our, that's our um, avatar. Um, so if you're not interested in, in, you know, getting a return on your investment and ROI, Maybe it might not be the podcast for you, but I'm sure you would get some insights onto the impact that real estate can have, not only on your bottom line, but really into, into communities like affordable housing and a lot of, um, you know, energy saving. There's just so many uh, uh, um, uh, concepts within the real estate niche that impacts our local communities. Hmm. Yeah. Well, what I what I love about your story is, you know, you set out and decided I want to learn more about this. I'm fascinated by this topic. And so what's a good way to learn that? Well, I'll bring people on and get them to give me an hour's masterclass or however long your episodes are and and yeah. educate me. And I'll do that in the form of a podcast and then I get to share it with other people. So not only am I learning, but people that are interested in this are also learning. I guess I've, I've oh, got a so, It's philosophy. so important. Yeah. I've it's got so important. And philosophy. we're... Yeah. With, with my podcast, but I kind of came at it the other way around. I said, well, 
you know, I have access to people who, you know, have done innovative things in in various areas around marketing and podcasting and content and, and the other topics that we explore. And if I bring them on, I can educate others and bring expertise that I don't have. And in doing that, I then discovered, hey, <laughs> this is a great way for me to learn as well. So it was kind of the other way around, but it's it's the same effect. It's so powerful. I can't even, I couldn't, you couldn't have said it any better. And we were talking about this offline. That's why I said this, I wanted to extend the conversation because uh, you talked about this a few weeks ago that anybody that's out there, you know, is intrigued by a topic or, uh, you know, wants to get into a network. Not only can you build a community the way you've done as well, but you can actually also educate yourself and, and then foster relationships with these individuals. I mean, when I think about it, it's, it's an unbelievable, I wouldn't even call it a hack. It's like networking. It's, it's education. It's masterclass. It's building a community. I can't tell you how many times people have asked about a specific topic. I'm like, Oh, check out this episode where I interviewed this individual. It was fascinating. Now, guess what? You're building that rapport where they're listening to me and this host. Now there's brand association, but at the same time, it's a reference point for me. It's a library because I know what episodes I can go to. Oh yeah. Episode 92, Michael Shogun. And that's one of the most ones I recommend because that's when I literally discovered uh, short-term rentals because if he came on my platform, I'm like, oh, my goodness. And now uh, I'm able to do that for a lot of different topics. It's like, hey, do you know what attack strategies? Oh, listen to episode this. I had this guy. He talked a lot about it. Maybe he could be a, res- a good resource to you. So uh, we're going to talk about content in, in a little bit, but I think being resourceful is the best content you can provide. And I think a podcast does that. And I'm sure you would agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Being resourceful is the best content. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's talk about um, content and and particularly repurposing. I mean, we had a conversation offline a a little while ago and we were talking about these ideas that all businesses, even solo operators, put together content in various forms. I mean, they send out emails, for example, at a very minimum. They send emails out. They might put together proposals for projects that they're doing. Um, they might um, they might do social media posting, and all of that content is like you know to use the real estate analogy. It's real estate that you can kind of take the bricks and the bricks and the windows or whatever from that real estate and use them in other places at the same time without breaking what's yes. there. So yeah, tell us a little bit more about the power of repurposing. Why is that so important? Yeah, so what I'm doing right now is as you're speaking to me, I'm trying to take a screenshot of what one of my, uh, uh, I'm trying to have uh, look up a screenshot that one of my clients sent me because we started working with them. And the first thing they said is, you know, it's a repurposing agency. So they're like, hey, Ruben, what do you think we should do? Um, and, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're trying to get on social media, et cetera. And my, my number one question is I always go back to, okay, what is your why? Right? Because I think we talk about the social media. We talk about repurposing content, but at the end of the day, why are we doing this, right? And there's a reason why we're doing this, as I'm pulling this up, and it's because we're trying to get in touch. We're trying to serve. We have something out there that that can benefit somebody, right? Whether you're a coach, whether you're, again, an investor, whether you're a brick-and-mortar business, whether whatever service that you have, you're trying to serve somebody. And so I, I, I forget where I read this, Jurgen, but it's something along the lines of if, if it's your duty and obligation to try to serve as many people as possible if you have something of value, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I have a secret, why should I keep the secret? I should be sharing it with people if it's going to benefit more people or else that's selfish. And I think we should look at that in the same way with what we have to offer. With that said, people your audience. When I say people, it's not all people. You need to identify where your audience lives the most, right? Or where, where, where they hang out the most. And now with that, there's a caveat because where your audience hangs out the most is not the only place they hang out. So, and first, when I start, when, when people want to work with us, I say, Hey, where are you actually, where do people or your, your tribe, your avatar? And if you're not familiar with the word avatar, I use that in a way to highlight who is that ideal person that you would help? Uh, because I, I, you know, I don't believe you can help everybody. And if you, you are helping everybody, then maybe you're, 
you know, I think you can get to a point where you can help everybody, but niche businesses are helping a specific person with a specific problem that's looking to achieve a specific desire, right? So if that's you, then you need to understand, okay, where is that person raising their hand where they need help? And then once you've identified that place, then you need to ask yourself, okay, where else is this person hanging out where they're raising their hand? Because there's going to be a primary place where most of those people typically hang out. But if you just limit yourself to there, oh, people have always done business with us in person. And that's who we're serving. Well, guess what? You're missing out half of the other people across the world who don't have access to you physically. The exact same way that if you're, you know, only on YouTube, then there's probably someone out there that you can serve who's not on YouTube. So while we start with the first hanging, uh, lowest hanging fruit first, then you got to ask yourself the question, where else are they hanging out? And that's where repurposing comes in because we're in, a, in this day and age where we consume content very differently. And because content is a means to an end, it means that you have the ability to serve people in different forms and fashions. One might be audio like we are right now. And then, you know, if I, if I can convince you, Jurgen, maybe it'll also be in video because there's some people who literally just watch on YouTube, who just watch TV, uh, watch movies, watch Netflix. Just like there are some people who only listen to podcasts, who only read the newspaper. Maybe that's a little outdated, but who knows? Maybe who only read books. That's why now there's audiobooks and there's physical books. And guess what? I consume both. So you, you would have hit me twice, right? Mm. So content repurposing is about meeting the person where they are. And then a layer deeper, which we can talk about in a second is, okay, now that you've met them where they are, on which platform now what are they struggling with is the next piece of uh the 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 next uh obstacle or the next um pillar that you want to hit mm. yeah i love that so it's kind of like um you know that everybody's on a slightly different customer journey or buyer's journey um i heard somebody say the buyer's journey is actually different to a customer journey um, because the buyer you know they, they don't know you yet they're, they're perhaps looking for something or they have a, a need or an aspiration as you described it and so they're looking to fill that need like or aspiration that. um and some of them might go on google to do research some of them might go to the shopping mall and walk up and down and do you know have a look in the windows until they find what they're looking for and so that's that's a clear example of you know that there, there are different different journeys that people take on that buyer's journey until they discover something that they think will fulfill that need or that desire and, and then they take the next step so yeah so getting out there and you know i think a, a really good example is the different learning styles when you think of learning styles and people some people prefer to listen yeah. to audio books some people prefer to read the book physically as in as in a hard copy of the book or a paperback copy of the book Others read it on their um, electronic device in um, ebook form, and and others prefer to look at videos. Absolutely, and you're 100 percent right. And and I think I think it's our job. You know, it's kind of like when we challenge the educational system. Uh, oh, there's only the only way to learn is through you know taking a test and in a certain way. I think we've realized and we've evolved. We're starting to understand that people learn differently. And, and to your point, because people learn differently, people consume content differently and people will, will uh, consume your messaging uh, very differently, whether it's on copy, written copy, best believe we repurpose emails too. Um, and, and video and audio and podcasts, et cetera. So we want to meet the person, uh, in the form that they are comfortable with. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, the classic repurposing that I, I, I don't know whether everybody does this or not, but it just dawned on me that, hey, I'm repurposing here. And we've, I was um, writing an email, uh, a sequence of emails to go out for a webinar we're running soon. And um, I, I'm also sending some emails to partners that are helping us promote it. So I wrote the email that we will send out and, you know, it says, hey, we're running this webinar and here's what you'll learn on the webinar. And um, and then I thought, well, okay, now I've got to write one for partners to promote. And I thought, all I need to do is take this and, and just write it in the third person, which is essentially what I did with, with a little bit of 
you know, things that, that were specific that I adapted, but then it dawned on me that that's repurposing. And all I was doing was just yeah, you know, yeah. the, oh, the obvious shortcut. I've already written the content. I just need to change it to make sense if it's coming from somebody else. No wasted momentum indeed. You know, they say energy cannot be created or destroyed, right? It's the same thing with your content. It, it can only be repurposed and it ought to be repurposed. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm a big believer of this in, in life. Uh, you know, our skill sets, I think this is one thing we were talking about the education. I think it's a good segue. Uh, education, I mean, you look at the average person, you know, whether you get a degree, you're repurposing a skill set. Um, you're repurposing your ability to problem solve in different mediums. It doesn't have to be that certificate that you graduated with. It doesn't have to be the job that you had. Typically, and even when I hire, I look at the skill set. I'm like, well, if you're able to, if you're analytical, if you're able to do X, Y, Z, then you should be able to take this skill set into this medium. Uh, and so to anybody who's out there, uh, you, you know, you might be interviewing people for a living. You might not even realize that you're a podcaster. You just mm. need to repurpose those skill sets and, and, and do the exact same thing. If you're a, a great podcaster, you're a great interviewer, you're a great listener, you ask great questions. Uh, there's a lot of people who, who are out there who you just sometimes maybe pigeonhole themselves. And I think it, we ought to do an audit in our business and, 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 and ask ourselves, are we pigeonholing ourselves into just saying this is what we do or are there areas and assets that can be repurposed to better serve our customers and make the entire place an entire uh, a better experience uh, all, mm. all collectively? One of the things I really like about your story, and um, this is a great example of repurposing, I think you you documented your journey from the beginning of of your business, and I'm not sure whether you know you had in mind I'm going to use this and repurpose the content from this, or whether it was more a case of if I document it, I can go back and learn from it, and also I I will have processes there that I can then teach other people to do all these tasks but you documented that and tell us a little bit more about that and how that's opened up opportunities to repurpose and where that's leading oh that's a fun one you're gonna i mean i think personally it's um okay so i'm gonna take a step back why how did i start you know documenting your journey well a i was inspired i think uh I think one of the things Gary Vaynerchuk always talked about is, you know, documenting the process. And that was very inspiring to me. Uh, but I've also always been that way. I've been always, um, I've always learned by doing things and even repeating them. So I'll take you back to when, you know, back when I was in school, uh, I was studying, you know, health science. I was working with physical therapists, chiropractors. I was an athlete myself. I was working out myself and I was, um, also a personal trainer at the time. And so the best way for me to learn is to teach somebody. Mm. And so believe it or not, it's still out there, guys. You can check it out. Ruben Fit Kanya. I have a YouTube channel. It gets tons of views still to this day where I had put out, I would say, hey, this is my workout that I'm doing that. And and I, and it's funny because those assets I would be able to then, when a client say, hey, what should I do? Oh, well, let me send you a link from my channel. This is, yeah. you know, I'm already doing it. Why not have the camera out? So I've always had this idea of, um, I've, I've, I'm kind of a mad scientist in that way where I'm kind of keeping a log of everything I'm doing. Mm. Um, even in my personal life, like I have a personal Instagram where, uh, you know, me and my fiance will go out to eat. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll uh, take a picture of the restaurant or the dish or the place and I'll tag it. So in the future, we're like, oh, what was that restaurant that we went to? Well, guess what? I'm not even doing that for likes. I'm doing it for me because mm. I was already there. I took a picture and now I have a reference point. And so we have this log of where I can go back. Oh, yeah, that's what the place was. And I do that on purpose. And I always time it, too, because I want to remember when it was. Because, you know, I, I'm a relatively young guy, but I'm telling you right now, my my uh, my memory is already failing me. Like, all the years are starting to compile together that I don't know what I'm going to do when I'm I'm, I'm super. Because I'm already confusing years. I'm like, was that 2019 or 2020 or 2017? Like, I am lost. So I need a reference point. And to your point, I also think it's. One of my biggest motivations, Jurgen, is progress. And so when you do keep a log, you can go back and be like, oh, my gosh. Like at this time last year, we were at episode, what was it, 50-something maybe? 
wow, look at us now. We're 150 something, right? Like, or wow, last year I had only X amount of properties. Look at us now. And it's a really cool, I think, reference point. So I think I was inspired to document the journey because I think, um, one of the things too that, that I think we make a mistake of is, uh, people only want to document perfection, mm. but people relate with you when you are relatable. And what's being relatable, if you're going to think about getting on social media, is to, it's boring to share all the wins. People want to root for you and become fans. And that's how we built our Instagram page from literally from zero to the 10,000 plus of followers that we have now. It's just because I failed. I remember I failed my real estate license. I put it up there. Hey, I failed. But next time, now you got people rooting for you. Hmm. Then when you get it, oh yeah, great. And then you get your first deal. Then you get, and, and so that's what we want. We want people to root for us and we want humble beginnings. You don't want to see the person. It gets boring when they just, Hey, just landed another deal. I'm like, okay. So now you're making people feel bad. Hmm. You want to be relatable. What do we all struggle with? What, how can we become more relatable? And that's another thing. You're either serving people with your content or you're becoming relatable in the sense that there's something that they're struggling with that you're also struggling with. And you want to show that either you want to show them how you've been able to overcome it. Or you want to show them that you're a relatable human being too. So some of those are some of the gems that I'll, I'll leave to the audience as well is that's how you're also able to create a platform is to become relatable. And so I found it to be, okay, let me document the journey. Now I have the pleasure of scrolling back years after and looking and seeing the humbling beginning for my personal satisfaction as well, because I love progression. But at the same time, now I've built also a community that's able to kind of appreciate and grow with me. So uh, that's, that was the inspiration behind it. I'll give it to Gary V. Okay. All right. Big shout out to Gary. Um, I, there's so much to love in in how you've approached that. Um, and I think, uh, you know, you talked about being vulnerable and sharing the mistakes or the the where you haven't been successful. And and I'm guessing that you're sharing that in a way that here's what I learned from this. Here's, here's where I'm going to go to next. This is what I'm going to do to either fix whatever went wrong or, you know, I've discovered and, and you talk about the real estate experiment network. So, hey, that experiment didn't work. So I'm going to try this experiment next. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which uh, Absolutely. You know, I think is is a great way to take and, and also engage with people because people uh, as you say, people see somebody just posting successes, and they they either think they're boasting, or um, that's not me. You know, I can't like hit a every time I get up to bat, I can't hit a home run. To use the baseball analogy, um, yeah. sometimes I'm going to strike out. Right, so I I really like that in terms of getting the engagement, and as you say, it kind of brings people on board and and they actually start commenting on social media posts like that and saying well never mind you failed your real estate have you know give it another shot next time you'll be better prepared or whatever and then you know then when you post hey i i got it the second time round and everybody well done you know great job you know now you can tick that off your off your to-do list and move on stuff like that the other thing i really like is the um you know looking back where was I a year ago and selling that celebrating that progress because I think we you know we look at those mistakes we make and we kind of beat up on ourselves and are hypercritical um, at the same time we're not looking back on how far have we come and celebrating that success you know we just sort of say okay achieve that move on next thing so yeah yeah I love can, I, can I piggyback on that for a second sure because cause I think that's that's really important, Jurgen. Um, I was at a conference I was just telling you last month in Orlando, and it really hit me because I think, you know, if your audience is anything like mine, you know, we're overachievers. We want to do more. We want to elevate. We want to grow. We want to educate ourselves, right? Um, and, and, and um, you know, really hit me because, you know, the gentleman who was up there speaking, I forget who it was specifically, but this was on one of Russell Brunson's events. And he said, hey, guys, um, how many of you, you know, think about where you're not? Like, that's where you spend your mind share. Like, about th- you're thinking about where you want to go to, but mm-hmm. where you're not. And I raised my hand, and it was like 90% of the room was mm-hmm. thinking that. And he was, 
he was like, well, you see this? Like, look around. A lot of all of us are, and this is human nature, and this is why we got to just, I, th- I want to bring this home. We need to think about that. We're, we're so driven that we'll get a milestone, and then we're like, okay, great. Okay, what's next? And we don't even get to appreciate your yesterday's future, which is the present, which is the right now. So you're really never in the present because you're always thinking about the next future. And then when you reach that future, you're in the next future. So then you're never in the present. Hmm. And that was like, oh, my gosh, that's so true. Like, think about it. And I was looking at our numbers last year. And this is just to look at progression where it doesn't matter where you're at, whether you made your first dollar, second dollar, first client, second client, 10th client, 100th client. Like you were you weren't there before. And you need to appreciate that that was one of your milestones. Like if you guys write down goals like most of us do or some of us do. Uh, whether it's in your head or whether it's on paper, you need to appreciate that a little bit more. And I believe it's a balance uh, of, of being very grateful of where you are at the present. And then also it's okay to have that drop of um, unsatisfaction for, um, I shouldn't say unsatisfaction, gratefulness for where you are, but a hunger for more. Hmm. And if you can have that combination of two in your day to day, I think that's a healthy balance because um, it doesn't matter what level you get to. There's always going to be the next level. And if you don't appreciate the level where you're at or where you've come from, uh, I think that can be detrimental to any experiments yeah. that you're, you know, you're, you're logging into your book. So I just want to bring that full circle. I think it's important. Mm. Yeah. Great point. Okay. Um, so I wanted to explore with you a little bit some of the practical steps on repurposing so what what kind of easy first tips would you give anyone you know whether they're a podcaster or not whether they're um, you know if they're just in business i mean let's assume that they're not necessarily a podcaster but how can they make more of the content that they already have that they already produce so they're already doing the work or they already have done the work it's probably done somewhere it's probably in the archives somewhere how can they make more of that? Sure. So I'll start with uh, answering. Um, uh, okay. So because one thing I was going to just, when you were asking that question, I was already thinking ahead is, uh, is what kind of content should they be mm. uh, repurposing? Cause I'm already thinking of the repurposing, but if you're asking me what, where can they go? Um, I think they just need to look around. Uh, it gets right in front of your nose. Uh, one thing I'll give you an example of is, uh, you know, if it's a business, maybe it's a brand new business, even if it's small business, there's some kind of checklist that you're going through. And uh, that checklist could be an SOP, what we call a standard operating procedure. And that standard operating procedure is either uh, solving some kind of problem, right? Um, and that is has directions that either who you're serving can benefit from. And if not, you know, it could be a blog, it could be an audio, it could be a video, it, it, it could be, I mean, you can, you, you have to start with, with, um, the, what problem you're trying to solve. I think mm. that's the number one thing, right? Because if you, if you don't understand who you're serving, what problem you're trying to solve, then content is going to seem like a burden. So I would maybe rephrase the question. Um, cause sometimes I get that. Well, what kind of content should I create or where do I look for the content? I would rephrase that and say, what kind of questions or what kind of obstacles is the person that you're trying to serve asking? Right? Reframing that. And then once you've understood that, oh, well, our customers always ask that. Okay, great. Why don't you start with your FAQs? That's one of the first things I ask. If there's a frequently asked question in your business, why don't you start from there? If there's emails that you constantly send all the time because someone's emailing questions or hitting the chat box with X, Y, uh, X, Y, Z, the comments, uh, consultation sessions, like take a log of what are people asking you every time they get on a call with them, whether you close with them or not, what are some of their questions? Hmm. If they're asking me, what should I, you know, what, how can I create more content? Well, guess what I have? I have a content multiplier blueprint that I can give you right away when you're done with this podcast, because I know that this is a question that people have like, Hey, where do I start? Okay. Well, I have something for you. That's content because that's the questions. Those are the obstacles that people are, are leading with. 
So I, always, I would always say lead with the result that you want to provide. That's your content. And then we can go down and, and, and go down a list. I have tons where you can do an audit in your business. And it's funny, I was going to, you know, maybe I'll share this uh, list uh, with your um, uh, with your audience and I'll pull it up while we're listening here. But you can do an, an audit of, of your business and, and say, hey, what conversations are we having? Are we doing a podcast in audio? Well, can we do it in video and leverage that? Are we uh, blogging already? Can we turn those blogs into videos? Or are we doing videos? Can we turn those videos into blogs? Uh, can we uh, create a tripwire, which is uh, kind of an informational document to get people in? Um, these are all, there's so many forms of content uh, that you can start providing with the end goal in mind of the client. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I love the idea of the audit, but certainly, you know, starting with who, who are you serving and what problem are you solving for them? Often um, we kind of ignore, well, we don't ignore, we, we answer the questions that people ask of us and then we say, okay, that's done, move on, rather than write that down, particularly if it's the second or third time right. somebody's asked it and say, maybe we should be proactive and share this. I mean, that's kind of the first step that instead of writing the same email or um, having the same conversation, being able to then tell people, hey, I've written, I've answered that question here in, in this format and I've answered it in, in video and in a blog post and in, um, in a podcast episode so that you can consume it any way you like. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, you know, that, that, that's key. Um, you, you have to, you have to operate from a place where, you know, it, it's right in front of you. You're just not really paying attention to it. And that's, that's what's most important, paying attention to that. Hmm. Great. Well, this is fabulous, Ruben. I could go on for ages talking about repurposing. And of course, we haven't really touched on podcasting that much. We've kept it a little bit generic, but I think looking at the time, it's a good point now to move on to the buzz which is our innovation round it's the same five questions i ask of every guest and the idea here is that you'll share some tips with your experience to inspire the listener to go and do something awesome as a result and of course this innovation round for me is uh, content that i have the opportunity to repurpose and we're working on some ways to do that right now Having gone to love it, I love it. <laughs> episode four hundred and I'm not sure what this one is, but it's in the four hundred and seventies, I think. All right, so you ready? I'm rocking. Great. What's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Innovative with their content. Can um can you elaborate? Um, what yeah, are your innovative in their business? Innovative. I want to make sure I answer that. Uh, ask the right questions. Uh, one of the things that um, we talk about, and I know we talked about, is when you have the opportunity um, in your business to ask a question, do not take it for granted. While I'm on the air and I have and I'm interviewing a guest, I ask a question because the level of questions that you ask will give you uh, uh, the quality of answers that you get will depend on the uh, on the uh, love the quality of the questions that you ask, right? So the better questions you ask, the better answers you receive. And when you have customers, uh, surveys, ask them, literally ask them, hey, what do you wish we could provide to you? That was one of my biggest key takeaway when I went on my, my, my recent mastermind. When you ask that question, they'll answer you. If you don't ask that question, they might not tell you what their biggest pain point is. What is your biggest obstacle? What are you struggling with? Every time we sign up a client, we have them go through a KYC, know your customer. So we can identify, we literally ask them, what are your pain points? Mm. And guess what? When they answer that, they're saying it in their language, mm. not what you think their problem is, what they know their problem is. And that, guess what we lead with when we start producing content? <laughs> Those words yeah. that they used, right? So I will go with that. Innovation is with the quality of the questions that you ask, period. I love it. I love it. And and that's a brilliant little hack there that um, was worth the price of admission today on its own. The um, using, you know, if they, they tell you this is what my biggest obstacle is or my biggest fear is right now and use their words to express that, clarify back 
with them and then when you produce content are you are you facing this obstacle in their words and that way those people will look at that and they'll say yes absolutely exactly i couldn't have said it better myself yeah because you, you and and you know what's um just to piggyback that because i love this topic so much uh you talk about messaging is um this is why i talked about knowing who you're serving because once you've gotten one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of those answers and they start looking similar, now you've really nailed it. Uh, but if your avatar is all over the place, then you're getting a lot of different answers. Uh, it might be hard in the beginning to serve all of them. Hmm. You want to serve one of them and it'll be easy to speak to them uh, because, you know, the cool thing or what's interesting, we know when we speak in our marketing that Investors are talking about creating more content. Repurposing is our solution. So when we give them a hook is, hey, are you tired of creating content? Do you need to create more content? Well, guess what? Repurposing is your solution. Don't lead with the solution. Lead with the problem. Yeah. That's another one for you. Yeah. Great tip. Another great tip. All right. What's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? Uh, start a podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, it's gotta be that. Um, because they're not my ideas. They're mm. just ideas that have been tested by other people that I apply. So I don't know that there's this new idea. I don't like reinventing the wheel. Uh, I just like asking the right people the right questions, get the right, uh, guidance to then execute in my own experiments. And that for me is my platform and my lab. Mm. Yeah, I love it. And as we said earlier, that's a great way to learn. So start a podcast. All right. Um, it's maybe. literally free. <laughs> what What's a favorite resource you use most often? I would, I would say mastermind groups. Uh, I pay for access to individuals. And I think uh, uh, we, we need to get in that habit. The uh, You know, depending on who your audience is, you're going to you know, education doesn't just stop at school. Hmm. I think uh, education is getting ac access to the right rooms. And the best resource that I've had is from practitioners. So I make sure I get in the room of practitioners because once I'm in that room, it's fair game. I will ask the question. Hmm. But if I'm not in that room, I can't ask the question. And in this day and age, where, you know, this is Q4 2021. Uh, it could be by being in your virtual room. Uh, I have a, a, in the next half hour, I have a guy connected with online where he has a mastermind group and he's way ahead of me in his short-term rental portfolio and I get a chance to get on the air and, and it's not on the air, it's, it's on a Zoom and I get to ask questions because I paid to be in that mastermind. Uh, so I think the, um, the, the short in the curve sometimes, I mean, I don't think we have a problem of, of finding information these days. I think we have a problem filtering the right information. And so for myself, I like to go straight to the source for people who have the result that I want. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's great tip. And it's a logical extension if, um, of your approach to podcasting, really. It's just, you, you focused in now on, on something specific that you want to learn longer term ongoing and you, you pay for access to a bunch of really intelligent folks. Absolutely. All right. Now, what's the best way to keep a client on track? Uh, I would say uh, communication. Hmm. Um, one of the things that I think we were talking about, we have a Slack channel. Uh, we love Slack because we're just, we are, one of our slogans is literally, we're just a Slack away. <laughs> and I feel that whether you make a mistake whether you're able to address something, we're never perfect, but people really appreciate communication and people want to be helped yesterday, right now. So when you can shorten that time, that turnaround time, they don't have to submit a ticket. They're just a ping away, just a question away. We're really serving what I want, right? Access mm. uh, to information. Uh, uh, so if you work with our company, that's what you get. And you're, you know, you're in a Slack, you have your own private Slack channel. Uh, you have access to our account managers, our team, and if you have a question, you you know, put it in the Slack, and we'll get right back to you the same day within several hours. I, I don't like to say the same day. I want to give ourselves some some a buffer, but 
really realistically, it's within four hours or, or if not real time, you'll get it because we have people working around the clock. So uh, I think yeah, being, you know, communication is just 100% communication. Yeah, yeah. And Slack, for those that aren't familiar with it, it's just a, a means for effectively real time communication, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, it's like it's almost like being able to text somebody and it's like being able to text your vendor at any time of the day. Um, and tagging them and you know that they're going to get right back to you with an answer. Mm. Um, that's what we like. All right. And finally, in the buzz round, what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? Um, I'm going to be careful when I answer this. Uh, so I would say um, go the extra mile. I have this conversation all the time where if you, if you uh, like, the reason why small businesses have sometimes a little bit of an edge or can have an edge on a big business or anybody, right? Any professional is going above and beyond, uh, you know, and being personable, you know, like for example, the Slack, right? I'll give you an example, right? You call a big corporate bank and there's like five rings and then you call a small credit union and they answer on the first ring and they call you by first name. And it's just a whole different experience. And I think, you know, people have a lot of options. So if you can find a way to do unscalable things in a scalable way, that's how you get that, the, 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 you know, you differentiate yourself because uh, everyone's trying to automate. And if you give that personal touch right back into your business, uh, people keep coming back. And, and the beautiful thing is they tell their friends about it. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. And that's, totally consistent with our whole philosophy around making marketing more human and it's you know the example you gave there of ringing a bank i mean there's just so many experiences i have every day every week where you know i need some help with something from a supplier of mine and it's a big company and you basically just treat it like a number or you know go away you're bothering us sort of that's that's the feeling you're getting um, and and it's it will be so easy to change that experience to one that's that's really good. Um, and I Absolutely. love the yeah. you know, I love your comment. Find a way to do unscalable things in a scalable way. I love that, and make them personable. Because that's something we explore all the time. Yeah, and and I think it's it's challenging, and that's that's where the the pudding is, right? Mm. When it's challenging, when it's easy, oh yeah, we'll get you on a ticket. Like no, that's easy. Yeah, go go where it's hard, and you'll differentiate yourself very quickly. Excellent. Well, thanks for getting us through the buzz round, Ruben. And this has been just a fabulous conversation. Now, where can people find out more about you? Um, listening to your real estate experiment network podcast and maybe even reach out and say thanks for what you've shared today absolutely yeah you can um i go to uh investedtalent.com everything connects there as well um you know if you're a social media person i'm i'm most active on instagram i'm just a dm away uh, i do answer that while all of our content is being repurposed by my lovely team I am the one answering and people are sometimes surprised like, oh, well, I have to make the time, right? If you're uh, coming from Jurgen's uh, network and, and who, whoever takes the time to reach out to me, I do make that time. So uh, again, that's at investedtalent.com. Uh, I also do have a blueprint. If you guys are looking for how to repurpose your content, um, you can go to investedtalent.com hashtag CMB and get your content multiplier blueprint you'll just have to put your email there and you'll get the content multiplier blueprint which is a nice little guide on how you can actually uh, start uh, repurposing your content uh, right away mm. yeah that's great and we'll post links to those in the show notes and i certainly encourage people that are interested in exploring this idea of repurposing further to get that blueprint um, because not only is it a, a really good guide but when you then start getting emails from Ruben, you can see the repurposing in action. Absolutely, absolutely. And and again, this is the beauty of it. I'm telling you, Jurgen, we're gonna get these <laughs> segments into your emails. We had one of our clients and I, I was trying to pull this up. 
uh, and I, obviously I won't say her name, but the strategy, if, if we have a second, um, Jurgen, you'll, you'll appreciate this. Um, she says, um, you know, it's always nice to give feedback where credit is due. We use one of the videos and sequences to send out an email through our, uh, our contact, um, you know, and then it says the name of the video. A client of ours sent it to a high-end investor and someone that has a huge portfolio. They just closed on their first deal with us. Thank you again for understanding what our business needs, but also executing this with a seamless process for us. We appreciate it and are super happy with this partnership. So what they did is they had videos like this, and there was a specific segment, right? Let's say it was humanizing your business, mm -hmm. right? How to, how to bring it to life. And we would take that segment from the podcast Put it into your email and said, are you struggling with humanizing your business? Book a call with our team. Or in this episode with Ruben, I, we talked about the importance of doing unscalable things uh, in a scalable way. Are you humanizing your business? And then it'd be a video segment and with a call to action. And when you're taking those kind of key points and that, that really hit people and you have a video in there embedded, those are the kind of things where it's like, it wasn't just another email. There was a little segment where I got value and I'm like, you know what? I am going to book a call. I've been sleeping on this. So, you know, that was, that was neat because this is something we started rolling out to doing it in, in emails. And I think that, um, you know, if you can serve again, if people are still reading their emails, if it, wherever they are, there's a chance you can serve them. And again, you already had the podcast. So this is, I'm encouraging you guys. I'm encouraging the, the, you know, and, you know, you, you guys to make that jump, it's, um, you know, even yourselves, right? Just uh, you really start to, to speak on different platforms. It's a very powerful thing. Well, thanks for that, Ruben. All right. Now, um, what do you have some, maybe that was the parting advice for our listener, because that was my next question, uh, the wrap-up question. Wrap up. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you. A, I want to give you guys all the value in the world, right? And uh, one of the things that we use, we did talk about this. Um, I'll leave you guys with a with an acronym. And if you're a football fan or a football, if you know the game of football, this will stick with you. What you know, you might say, okay, how do we find good content, or how do I know that I'm taking the right piece of content for my avatar? Well, first of all, identify your avatar. But just to wrap it together, we have a, a, a framework that we use that might be helpful for you that you can use on your own to score your content. Uh, and we use this framework called Boom TD, where B stands for, you know, what is there a belief disruptor out there that you can educate your audience with? If there is, put it out there. Lead with that. Is there an obstacle? That's the O that your audience is dealing with. Uh, talk about it. Lead with the obstacle. Don't lead with the result for cold traffic. Uh, people want you to solve their problems. Then you'll get them into your, your, your ecosystem. Uh, then the second is, can you softly bake in your offer the way I did? Hey, by the way, if someone wants to repurpose their content and you found this valuable, go to investedtalent.com. No harm. I hope you got tons of value today, but I'm finding a way to just do a small little bacon because I have to. It's my duty and responsibility because I believe it can help you. So I have to, uh, I'm not hiding my offer, right? And then uh, the M, can you self save, can you make people money? Can you help them save money? Can you, can, uh, can you help them make more of it or save money, right? And then the T, it's time. Time is more important than money. If you can save someone time, they'll love you and they'll thank you for it. Whether, you know, wherever you are in your business, help, can you help them save time with what they're trying to do? And then that's the D. Boom, TD. The D is the desire. They're trying to do something. Can you help them get there? That's your content. It's, it's all, it's the boom TD framework, uh, that you can apply. And if you're able to, you know, everyone counts as a score. If you're able to have a six out of six, I mean, that's a knockout home run. If you can have around a four out of six, you obviously want more of those in your favor. And that's a good metric to know. Oh, I think this is good content that will serve my audience, my listeners, and my community. So I'll leave you guys with that. Boom TD on, repurpose your content, and continue to serve your listeners. I can't thank you enough, Jurgen, for having me on this uh, on this platform. Uh, this has been uh, incredible tonight. Thanks, Ruben. Now, one more question. Who else should I get on this show and why? Oof. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Um, For... Ooh, you, you're putting me on the spot here. Um... I love mindset people. Um, 
I'm going to go, if you can get this gentleman exactly what to say. Um, it took me about seven months to get him on the show. Uh, Phil M. Jones. Oh, Phil, yeah, yeah. I'll see if I can make an intro. Um, this gentleman, I was, it was one of my favorites. And the reason why I think you should get him on the, on the, on the podcast is because it's all about messaging. One is, can you solve a problem? But two, can you, do you know what to say to get, to, to be able to speak to them? And, uh, one of the, you know, one of the, uh, I stole one of his lines to get him on my show and I said, um, uh, would you consider, uh, <laughs> yeah. coming on my Very podcast? Cause he has, he has a lot of key, key phrases that would you consider? Would you be open to? And, uh, and then it was kind of funny because I kind of used one of his lines and, and then I was, you know, kind of, I'm sure he gets that a lot, but I did bake it in a good way. I'm like, did you like that? Oh, that's what happened. He didn't answer. Then I follow up. I'm like, I'm sorry. Did I use that incorrectly? I would like to learn how could I have better used this? And then he was like, no, I've been slammed. So, um, I find it phenomenal. I think communication um, is one of the most effective tools that you can have in uh, in your life. Because if you can communicate with your partner, if you can communicate with your family, if you can communicate with your uh, stakeholders, your 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 clients, your audience, um, you can do anything. You can convince them to you know, forgive you. You can convince them to jump with you. You can convince them to uh, introduce you to somebody. Um, communication is key, but you must serve first. And we use repurposing to serve. There you go. I brought it full circle for you. How do you like that, Yuri? Great. Thanks, Ruben. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I loved um, Phil, Phil Jones's books, um, Exactly What to Say. And um, he's got, um, what is it, Exactly How to Sell, I think is, is another one. Oh, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'd love an introduction because I'd, I'd love to get him on the show and have a conversation. Ah. Okay, now I've put myself out there. I'll <laughs> see what I can do, my friend. It was definitely a battle, uh, but it was worth it. And, and I would recommend, I would recommend that gentleman. He's quite the brain. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for that. And thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights with us so generously today, Ruben. I've really enjoyed this and it's been fun. There's been so many gold nuggets in this. I'm really looking forward to sharing this with my audience. So all the best for the future and let's stay in touch. Oh, absolutely. And uh, absolutely, we'll stay in touch. We'll have to get you on my platform as well. And I can't thank you enough uh, for giving me the time of day. And, and this, was, this was fun. I had a lot of fun tonight. I hope you enjoyed that really engaging and insightful conversation with Ruben and took some action steps away from the episode, something that you're going to do today as a result. I love Ruben's enthusiasm about all things podcasting and particularly his philosophy about using his podcast to educate himself. I'd love to know what you took away from Ruben's episode. Leave a comment below the blog post, which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash Ruben Kanya. That is R-U-B-E-N-K-A-N-Y-A. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Ruben Kanya. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Ruben, as well as links to the Invested Talent website, to the Real Estate Experiment podcast, to Ruben's social media pages and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. If you like this episode, please do share it with other people that it might help. And we'd love you to leave a review on this episode because it will help us make the podcast better for you and also we'd love to get to know you better and why you listen. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz to leave a review on your preferred platform. And of course, you can follow the show by going to followthepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz. Ruben suggested we have a conversation with Phil M. Jones, author of Exactly What to Say on a future InnovaBuzz podcast episode. So Phil... Keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast, courtesy of Ruben Kanya. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. 
including Wendy Manganaro of Social Abundant Marketing and Richard Medcalf of X Quadrant. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.